The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. There are business leaders that are making so much more than profit in their enterprises. They're elevating their businesses, teams, and themselves to add more value, and so can you. Welcome to the Business Elevation Show with host Chris Cooper. If you are looking for ways to elevate success while contributing to a better world, you'll want to listen for the next hour. Now here's your host, Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper and a very, very happy new year to you for anybody who's listening um, to the live recording. Um, just wanted to say um, a big thank you to... Uh, my uh, guest just before Christmas, the inspirational Dov Barron, who was talking to me before the Christmas break about how leaders build fierce loyalty. It's always so well worth listening to Dov Barron, I can assure you. If you've not listened to that one, do go into the archive and check it out. Um, just want to wish anybody who was uh, celebrating uh, Christmas and New Year, um, I hope you had a, a great time. And seems like a perfect time of the year to be talking about, in January about um, New Year's resolutions and how to get more done. So I'm hoping today we'll really help you with that. And whether you run your own business or you work for someone else, you probably also got just a lot of stuff on your plate. Along with the portion of your work that you truly feel like doing, there probably comes a, a rather generous helping of things that you'd really rather not do. And with many small businesses failing in their first few years, failure to do some of these things may even lead to the failure of your business. So we're going to talk today about the power to get things done, whether you feel like it or not. And I'm delighted that I shall be completely handling, handing over uh, the hosting today to international uh, award-winning speaker on charisma and author of Charismatic to the Core, Nikki Owen. Now, Nikki and I have become friends since we first spoke um, after an event in London a couple of years ago. And you might want to check out in the archive the interview on charisma that I did with Nikki. She's, she is... Um, a very, very genuine individual, an exceptional communicator, and probably one of the most intuitive people I've ever met. As a fellow of the Professional Speaking Association, I recently saw her deliver a star performance at a large conference in front of her peers. So appearing on the show today, I'm sure will be an absolute breeze from her. So a big welcome uh, to Nikki Owen. I'd like to hand over to you as well. Oh, Chris, what a fantastic introduction. Thank you. And I'm following in big shoes. So I want to do a really good job today and uh, really looking forward to finding out more about the fantastic book uh, that you've written that I, I couldn't put down. So uh, just to explain how, uh, you know, why I wanted to get involved in this, that I first saw Chris Cooper hold an audience of professional speakers spellbound with his practical and inspirational talk on how to become more successful and it, you know trust me it's really difficult to uh, hold the attention of professional speakers and I really liked his enthusiasm he had fantastic energy and his ideas were really relevant and very easy to apply and I became a massive Chris Cooper fan that day 
When I learned that he'd written a book, he'd co-written a book with the clinical psychologist, Dr. Steve Levinson, I was really curious. And I managed to obtain and, and swing it. So I got a preview copy of The Power to Get Things Done, whether you feel like it or not, published under the Perigree imprint of Penguin Random House UK. And I put myself forward for the opportunity to interview the man himself, Chris Cooper. (laughs) So welcome, Chris. How does it feel to be interviewed about your new book on your show? (laughs) Well, it's wonderful. Thank you. And uh, thank you so much uh, for that. Honestly, I didn't write that. Um, Well, I did send you Penguin Random House UK, and it's actually USA. Um, But but thank you. It feels feels wonderful, actually. Uh, You know, I had a dream a number of years ago that one day I would write a book and didn't quite know how it was going to happen, didn't know what the subject was going to be on. Um, but this subject, as we'll, I'm sure, talk about in the interview, it really means so much to me personally and reckon, you know, represented a challenge that I had in my life at a particular point. And I think to get to the point where we've actually been through not only the, the thinking and the creation and the idea, but, but writing the book, uh, landing in an amazing publisher to work with us of Penguin Random House in New York and then actually physically seeing it and, and it coming out in, uh, in January 2016 and being available for, for order out there, it's, uh, it's like I'm dreaming still really. So yeah, wonderful, wonderful to be uh, speaking about it and uh, being interviewed about it and great to have you doing this Nikki and thank you for so much for suggesting that you come on and do this. Oh, it's a pleasure. And I have to say that the passion uh, for your subject comes across in reading the book. So it's it's one of the things that uh, caused me to not put it down. Um, I, I'm interested, though, um, because I often hear you described as a, a business elevationist. I've never heard the term before. What, what is that? <laughs> well, the business, eleva- business elevationist actually was... I don't know if it's something, I didn't think I naturally used that very much, but it was something that came out about just over a year ago. We were, I was looking with a, a marketing agency at, at what I did and how we could move my brands forward. And I had a couple of brands called, one was called CC1 Consulting and another was called Be More, Achieve More. And CC1 Consulting, my client said, Chris, that's uh, it's too great for you. you know, it just sounds too uh, too serious. And the other one... Uh, they said sounded uh, a little bit more, you know, inspirational, but uh, but not necessarily uh, from their perspective grounded. And so, they people were suggesting that maybe there was a different uh, avenue. So we we were talking about this, and I realised what I did on my radio show was that I helped to elevate my guests and help them to take, uh, you know, promote what they do uh, across the internet. And this concept of I thought, well, actually, that's what I do for my clients in my work I do business elevation I, I, that's, so that's where the radio kind of fits in with my work really um, because what I do is I help my clients to elevate their businesses through developing their talent or developing their leaders uh, I have the radio show which is now the business elevation show uh, I obviously have the book which underpins it I do two particular areas we work around engagement with organizations, but we also work through my um, elevation program, helping entrepreneurs and small business owners to develop and elevate their business. So out of all those elevationary things, um, a bit of fun came. I thought, ah, maybe I'm a business elevationist. <laughs> so what, what have you actually got on your business card? Uh, actually, 
my business card is quite subtle. I've actually just got my name. Um, but the card itself, I think if you saw it, everybody who picks it up kind of goes like, wow, because it's, uh, it's, it's three pieces of card. It's very so- solid. You could, you could clear the ice off your windscreens, but it's got a very quality feel, and it has my signature on it in silver, um, business elevation in gold. Um, so what I, what I you know, hope with that is when people feel that card is they think, crikey, this is somebody who not only can help me elevate my business, he gives me confidence through his card that he can elevate himself and his business. Well, having met you, you don't even need a card, Chris, because your presence, your credibility and your passion just says that instantly. So just, just so you know that. And I, and I noticed that um, the book is co-written because you've got so much to say. So I was kind of surprised when I realized that you'd actually um, collaborated with Dr. Steve Levinson, who's a clinical psychologist, um, an inventor, a real entrepreneur, but he's actually based in Minnesota. And I know you're kind of based in the middle of the UK. So what, what actually inspired the collaboration between you two? Well, I think what happened was, gosh, this must be about five years ago now since we we first met, maybe even six, and what happened was a bit like, I don't know if you've ever ever sort of felt this, Nikki, but there was a point in my business, I, I had a very successful corporate career, and I, and I think a, a very successful first business, and was even able to sell my, my share of it to follow this passion for people development, and I thought I could absolutely change the world. <laughs> I, I was full of confidence, and uh, and I was really in for a little bit of a, we might call it over here, a rude awakening in that I, a couple of years in, and I was really struggling. I was doing okay, but I was not achieving what I wanted to achieve. I didn't have uh, you know, lots and lots of amazing clients and be talking to people around. Uh, you know, I was just, I was struggling from day to day and the money wasn't flowing in as well as I thought. And I, because I was excited about the business, I was spending a bit too much. And, and I was actually went to the church that I was married in, uh, in Leicestershire, uh, with my wife. And we, we were not actually very religious, religious people, but we went there because the, it was a lovely community and people always welcomed us. And it was a lovely church and it brought back great memories. And when everybody was on their knees praying, I was on mine just thinking to myself, what on earth am I doing? You know, why is my business struggling? And it was very funny in that sort of quiet space, it kind of came to me that, I wasn't doing the things that I needed to do to be successful. I was on this journey now. I was just enjoying myself, although I wasn't really because I was, I was struggling, but I was just doing things I liked doing. And a few weeks later, Stephen Levinson contacted me. It, it read a little bit about me in something in the United States, and, and uh, I don't know whether it was intuition, but he, he contacted me and said, Chris, I'd love to have a chat with you. And we had a Skype, and he sent me a copy of his book, which was called Following Through, which had been a successful book in the United States, which is about getting things done. Um, we became more friendly, and I interviewed Stephen on, on, at that time, a webinar that I was running, series, and Stephen said, well, you know, Chris, it's quite interesting. You, I'm a clinical psychologist, and I'm an inventor. Uh, I've got a small business in Minnesota. I've, I've created this device called the Habit Change, the Habit Changing Device, and um, I've called a Motivator, actually, and what I don't have is the level of business experience that you've got. And I'm just wondering if you'd be interested in writing a book with me. Now, if you think back on that idea I'd had when I was 40 of one day writing my own book, 
here I am with the opportunity. I've got someone who's not only a published author, who's also an expert at getting things done <laughs> to collaborate with. So, yeah, it was an absolute no-brainer, uh, really. I love that story because I don't know if you've ever read um, the book, The Celestine Prophecy, that when you are ready, um, the teacher kind of appears or the person, the contact you need is manifested into your life. And I think it, it was a real good sign that you were at, at an energetic level, you were vibrating at a certain frequency that unconsciously attracted this man to you. Uh, it's certainly kind of my beliefs in terms of energy and, and having kind of known you and seen the way you work, you do emit there's a very powerful presence about you. So it, it, I never knew that. I never knew that about how, how you two met. That's that's brilliant. Well, we're hoping we've never actually, we've spent all of this time writing the book. We spent three years sort of toing it and throwing it and writing it. We spent a lot of time trying to make it a short book, actually, rather than a long one. And and then, of course, we went through, we were very successful quite quickly at finding a, a great publisher. But then you, you're in the pipeline with a publisher, so that's another 18 months or so. But in all of that time, Steve and I have never actually met in person. So I'm hoping in the next year or two that we will get to spend some time together. Oh, yeah, I hope we do. And uh, it's definitely got to be a big photo opportunity as well. And an opportunity to, are you going to interview him on your show as well? I think we'll be, we'll be doing that. There is actually a recording on this probably about three or four years ago in the archive, but I'd like to, I'd like to interview Steve again about this. Because Steve has got, uh, got a wonderful take on things. He's, uh, he's, a real, he's a real wise chap. And this, this area of uh, getting things done is absolutely his, his passion in life. And he, he really saw that through working with lots of patients um, with his, his psychology work and wondering initially why it was that when they were going away, say, yeah, I'm going to do this, I'm, I'm really excited about this, I'm going to make this happen, I'm going to make this change, and they didn't actually do it. <laughs> then, yeah. you know, why is that? So he'd been on that journey, and I think what our book does is it brings it uh, more into, into a context that um, people who are interested in business, business and businesses and can also really utilize so what I'm curious about is that the uh, your, your, what you describe yourself as business elevationist does what it says. Uh, your book is the power to get things done. In a nutshell, uh, what's the book about? Yeah. So in a nutshell, <laughs> it, it's really about. Give, well, it's, it's it's kind of on the in the title in some respects, and that it, it it gives you the the power and the techniques to get things done, whether you feel like doing them or not because we all have uh, a lot of things that we don't actually enjoy doing and uh, and what we'll naturally do is we'll follow lines which are uh, you know we'll do things that we enjoy that give us pleasure but we'll avoid those things that we don't but actually particularly when you run a small business or you run a run a business you have to get a lot of things done that you don't like doing so what this book does is it recognizes that it isn't our fault by the way, it's not your fault for not doing the things that you, you want to do or need to do, sorry. Um, we all have those emotions that there are things, oh, crikey, you know, just don't want to do that. But what it does is it helps you to um, put in place the strategies and identifies those strategies to increase the probability that you will follow them through. And therefore, by following through, you'll achieve the results that you desire. 
rather than you know delaying things or sitting in procrastination and and feeling frustrated with yourself as I was uh, all those years ago because I wasn't achieving what I wanted to do but purely because I just wasn't getting the right things done I love the idea that it's not our fault that we procrastinate I absolutely love that that's just um for me that was a very strong message and it helped me to feel more at peace um with kind of my procrastination issues in the past um we're going to take a break now and when we come back from the break i'm really interested in some of the metaphors that you've used to bring the whole book to life so um hopefully we'll speak uh, in a short while thank you Would you like to work personally with the host of this show to help realize your potential? Chris Cooper supports business leaders and high potential individuals to achieve greater success in their businesses and careers. Support includes the opportunity to join a high return group mentoring and mastermind program called the Achiever Program, one-to-one mentoring and coaching, facilitated leader development workshops and speeches. Email info at bemoreachievemore.com to arrange a free, no-obligation consultation to see how Chris and his team can help you. Today, enterprise technology is both strategic and global. Each week on CIO Talk Radio, IT thought leaders from around the world share their experiences with listeners as they discuss with Sunjog All how they are trimming costs and partnering with business to innovate and help IT become more competitive. This means better care for customers and improves the corporate bottom line. If you want to keep up with IT thought leadership, listen to CIO Talk Radio with Sunjog All every Wednesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel, the bottom line in business talk. You are tuned into the Business Elevation Show with your host, Chris Cooper. If you have a question or comment about our show, please direct your emails to chris at chriscooper.co.uk. That's chris at chriscooper.co.uk. Now back to Chris Cooper. So welcome back. I'm interviewing uh, the fabulous Chris Cooper about his book um, that's releasing in a very short time, The Power to Get Things Done. And Chris, um, before the break, I I wanted to ask you about some of the metaphors because some of them were really thought-provoking. And I have to say my personal favorite uh, was the whole metaphor about goo. So can you tell me uh, or tell the listeners more about goo? <laughs> well, yeah, goo. I, I think with, with goo, I give that uh, the credit to goo to uh, Steve. Um, Steve, at, at one point, would actually quite have liked to call the book goo. Um, I'm not sure how attractive that would have been. But I think we've got a better title. But it, it, I mean, there are sort of a few metaphors in the book. You're absolutely right. And I think you know, goo is really that realization that we have sometimes just so many things on our plate and I don't know if you have you, have you you've ever felt this Nikki but you, you can get to a point sometimes when you feel like you're almost sort of lost in the middle of it you know you, you, you've got so many tasks and things to do you don't quite know um, where you're you know what, what, are the, what, what the wood where the wood is from the trees really yeah, and it's almost like all the thoughts in your head turn to mush so the whole idea of goo, 
was so uh, powerful visually for me um, in terms of how it feels inside my head and what I imagine it would look on my plate of work. Well, I th- and I think you know the the the, the idea with that too, um, Nikki, with with goo is that there are you know in those in that big heap of things that that mass of things that you need to do, there are probably some things in there that actually you really enjoy doing, but then. You know, amongst that uh, that is um, a whole heap of goo uh, with, with things that you just don't want to do. You know, the, and there might be sometimes quite simple things. It might be like putting your tax return in, or, which may not always be simple, I admit. But it, or it might be just tidying your office, or you know, it could be all sorts of a myriad of of little tasks. We were chatting earlier, and you were saying that you got some admin that you needed to yeah, get I'm, done. I'm putting up receipts onto my online. Um, bookkeeping thing and all I have to do is put them in an envelope and send them to my PA and that's all I have to do um, but until I read your book I hadn't actually done them for like months so I, I take on board your point that sometimes it can be really tiny little things but if you don't really enjoy doing them they just stay on that plate and become, well, as you say become goo and what, what they also do is they take take away your energy that you know there's something that you you know, you love you love uh, in your work. This idea of energy. There are, there are th- things that just deflate us, yeah. <laughs> and uh, you, and we get feel sapped by it. And they and they may only be small things that we've just not quite got around to do, or we don't feel like doing. But they're actually taking away our energy. And when we've got to manage our energy, um, and it's sometimes managing energy is even more important than managing your time. Then you know, getting those things done can be really important. Um, there was something I was I found very helpful reading um, Jack Canfield very kindly. Uh, he um, has endorsed the book and he's written the quote for the back cover of the book. And uh, reading one of his books, The Success Principles, you know, he talked about going around your house and just looking at those little tasks and little things that were taking away your energy. So after reading that, I went and cleared up my um, my drawers and got rid of lots of clothes. Uh, I went and fixed a, a wonky door that was annoying me and, and just going through those little things you find that they they um, help you by um, not sapping your energy it's really true because um, energy flows where your attention goes it, so it, if your um, attention is on the pile of stuff or jobs or tasks that you haven't yet done then you're actually energizing all of that negativity which will drain your energy because it's going to take away from, you know, what it is you that is going to be highly productive stuff that, that you can get done. Okay. So I, I think that the whole metaphor around goo is extremely powerful. And you, you made it in a really uh, clear way that just got me thinking. Well, can I just add something to that? Because I love that, what you said there about, you know, where, about where your focus goes and... I think um, what is very important, what we all do, and need to, well, most people do, unless you're an absolute genius at this, is we can overcommit, and we can also set too many intentions, which means that uh, you know our activity can be huge. So what I would, you know, the, we would say in the book is we talk about how you can actually reduce your intentions, maybe not make quite so many, but what you do is you identify what are the really important intentions that I have. And then you go and develop yourself a strategy to make sure you follow on the, follow through on those. 
And therefore, if there's tasks and opportunities, and particular opportunities can derail you, that don't, aren't in line with those intentions that you set yourself, then you simply don't do them. You don't make the, an extra intention. Um, so you're not adding to that, uh, that goo. Uh, and the other thing we'll come to is obviously with some of those tasks you're not getting done, sometimes it's just best to delegate them to somebody who just loves doing those tasks because there will be somebody. Yes, and actually uh, my business coach told me that anything that wasn't all about selling, delivering or creating, I needed to delegate uh, so that I'm really optimizing my time. And that was another point that you made uh, really well in the book. Um, I have to say, though, Chris, one of the things that really impressed me, because I meet a lot of speakers and they talk this amazing talk and then they come off stage and uh, they're, they're, well, they're certainly not models of excellence, just to, to say, in, you know, and I, I'm, I'm very aware that as a speaker, um, you do really look up to people um, and expect them to walk their talk. And I remember, I don't know if you can remember the conversation that we had a few months ago where I, I had assumed you were actually a fellow of the Professional Speaking Association and you said you weren't. And you admitted to me that you hadn't actually had time to apply and it was on your to-do list. And uh, we, we chatted for a minute and then suddenly I got this email and, and you'd actually applied and um, the uh, email from the, the Professional Speaking Association came out about you and everything. And it was such a great example of what your book is all about. And I just wondered if for the benefit of the listeners, if you could just take us through that thinking process that actually motivated you for going from having it on your to-do list to actually making it happen. Well, <laughs> thank you. Yeah, I think the what happened in that particular situation was that you, we did have that conversation and you, you asked me that question. And it had been something that had been one, an intention that I'd set um, and it wasn't that I didn't have time, it's just I hadn't got round to it. I'd kinda, I was still going to probably raise my energy to just go and fill the, paper, the paperwork out, and I was thinking, do I really need that, and, uh, and this silly noise going on. So I just not actually got round to, round to doing it. And what happened was that by you asking that, quest, that question to me, uh, you said, you said to, to me that, you know, I think it's something you should do, Chris, and you, you ought to be a, a fellow of the Speaking Association – and I think that gave me that extra bit of energy to do it. And I can't remember whether you actually said as well, I'm going to hold you to account for doing this. Um, I think I, I said to you, I don't know whether I used those words, but I remember saying, I'm going to ask you this again. You asked me th- yeah. Yeah. To you. Do you remember? Did. You did. And the other thing that you also started to tell me about was a, a great event that was going on in, in January that um, I think it was Philip Calvert. Calvert. Yes. I mean, yeah. Uh, yeah, he's putting on an event about LinkedIn. You fellows can go in and he's going to show you how to really set up an amazing LinkedIn account. I really want to go to that. So the combination of you saying that, and then I checked back and thought that is one of my intentions. So absolutely fitted with my intention. I'd love to go to the event in January, so I'll put my application in. And, and guess what? Two hours ago, I got a note saying I've been accepted. Yes! <laughs> That's fantastic. And, and honestly, how long did that actually take you? It took me... It took me about 10, well, no, maybe it took me about an hour, I would say, because I had to send invoices and things like that through. Um, yeah. But I think quite a lot of people know me in that association, and I've done a lot with it. So um, hopefully it wasn't too, too difficult a, a decision. Um, but it was, uh, it was more the admin side that was putting me off, printing out invoices and 
<laughs> justifying it. Yeah. Oh, well, congratulations. Well done. Because I had actually assumed that you were a fellow and I was quite shocked that you weren't. So, well, congratulations on your, am I one of the first people to know? Are we, are we the first people to hear? You are, you are the, by my wife, you are the first person to know. Oh, this is brilliant. Oh, well, congratulations. A great achievement and absolutely well-deserved and a great example of you walking your talk. Um, are there any other strategies uh, that you feel um, would help the listener to get more done? Because they're, you know, it's 2016. It's the start of a new year. Um, everybody's going to be setting a lot of intentions in the form of goals, resolutions. And I think that we all need all the help we can get, especially in January when we're feeling motivated, inspired to really make a difference in the beginning of a new year. So uh, what, what would you um, what would you suggest? Yeah, well, I think that the first thing I would suggest is that you get get very clear about your intentions. So identify what those intentions are. And then have a look at them and think uh, from those intentions. Are there, any, are there any things in there that um, you know energise me more than others, or or um, certainly the ones that energise me a bit less? Um, but you know that you need to do the task to get that intention done. Then what you need to really do is you need to be thinking about um, how you can put attention on them. So I think one of the things that we we do is we we write down these things and then we'll put them away and we don't look at them that regularly. So I would recommend to people, if you've got things that you really want to do and really want to achieve, is that you look at them regularly. And uh, therefore, you know, I think what we don't do is, I think what we often do is we just forget. There's so much else going on. There's all that goo that we talked about earlier. So make sure that you're clear about what you want, but then um, put those things in places, those intentions in places that you're going to look at them. So I've, right in front of me at the moment, I've got a big whiteboard, and on that whiteboard has got... Uh, you know, are my intentions, and there's six of them for this year. I've also got a few phrases on there that mean a lot to me, like sense of urgency, you know, creating a sense of urgency, and a reminder that I only get paid on things that I get done, and so there's a few motivational messages on there, but they sit there. They also sit on my computer. They sit on my phone. Um, other, other people, um, you know, they may put things on their phone to remind them. They may have, um, you know, messages in the morning. My, my friend Steve, his habit-changing device is quite helpful because that can remind you to, you know, make the sales calls that you need to make. Uh, other things I'd also do to put a spotlight on them is I produce a kind of a board report every month and I, and I look at my performance against each of those. And I'll try in the morning to just program my mind by reminding me myself of what they are. So... I think that's a really important thing is just put a spotlight on them. I really like the whole uh, kind of uh, metaphor of preparing a board report, almost as if you're, again, it goes back to the accountability. So you're going in and you're explaining how you've done in relation to each of your identified intentions. So it it almost promotes this self-accountability, which comes across um, strongly in the book as well. You use the word accountable a lot. I do. I think accountability is is so important to you know, that, to have people who hold you to account. And we'll talk about a bit more about some of that before. But having you know, it's a bit like it's a bit like a I don't know. I've, I've, I'm, I'm, I support a football team called Leicester City, and they happen to be 
amazingly, to everyone's complete shock across the country, and probably all those countries that are interested in soccer around the world, they happen to be two points ahead at the top of the Premier League at the moment. Um, but, you know, they have uh, something special going on in that team, and I think there is you know, a leader that they respect in Claudio Ranieri, and um, he's holding them to account for their performance. You know, sporting people, there has to be a kind of a big why, I think, as to why you're doing what you're doing, but then having people that can help you to go that extra mile, to make that extra phone call, to take that extra action when most other people are, uh, you know, wanting to go off to sleep, <laughs> uh, that can be really, really helpful. So yeah, I, I'm a big advocate of accountability. I, I, when I'm um, mentoring and coaching people, I hold them to account. I run, well um, as one-to-one, I run group calls where we hold each other to account and we articulate what we've done and where we're going to go uh, and where we're going to go next uh, and achieve next month. And just having those mechanisms are in place, particularly if you've got a small business where you've, you know, you, where you've come out of a, a, maybe an organization where you were held very, t- very to account with appraisals and line managers and board meetings and those sorts of things. When you get out on your own uh, there's, and there's only you for a start, then you need every bit of help you can get. So, Chris, can I just ask you, though, um, what's the difference between accountability really motivating and inspiring you to take that action and get what you've promised to be done? And also, it could feel sometimes like huge pressure. Well, it can, it can do. It can do. And I think, I think what it has to do is you have to have taken the time to work out, you know, for me, your kind of purpose in life which is something I do do with people. And if you, if you understand your purpose and why you're actually here, and you've got a set of intentions that are very clear and they're taking you towards a vision that you've also created, uh, then you, 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 know, you kind of know where you're heading. And therefore, it's just so essential. You know that if you get yourself to a place where you know that actually you, know, you, you are not going to make your contribution in life, uh, you're not going to make the contribution to the world that you want to make, then... Actually, then you see people who hold you to account as your friends and not your enemies. You see it as a, a natural a part of a, attaining a higher level of performance. You see, I left corporate, corporate. One of the reasons I left was because I was frustrated at people holding to me, me to account. But then, as I mentioned, two years into my own business, and I'm kind of on my knees uh, without oh, that accountability. This, that, this, is, um, this is fascinating stuff, but we have to take a break. I need to come back because you're really opening and showing us so much interesting things. So uh, I'm going to um, talk, be talking to Chris more about accountability, but we're taking a break right now. So speak to you in a moment. Tune in to the soul of enterprise, business in the knowledge economy with co-hosts Ron Baker and Ed Klass. Ron and Ed will show you how to recognize that wealth is created by intellectual capital. It's all in the possibilities that we can create and that are created for us. These possibilities are destined to be discovered by human imagination and through the service of others, creating a brighter future for all of us. The Soul of Enterprise is heard live every Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel and simulcast at the same time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Would you like to work personally with the host of this show to help realize your potential? Chris Cooper supports business leaders and high-potential individuals to achieve greater success in their businesses and careers. 
Support includes the opportunity to join a high-return group mentoring and mastermind program called the Achiever Program, one-to-one mentoring and coaching, facilitated leader development workshops and speeches. Email info at bemoreachievemore.com to arrange a free, no-obligation consultation to see how Chris and his team can help you. There are two types of leaders in business. Those who are nice, compassionate people. And frankly, they are the people who fail to get a lot done. Then there are those who can get everything done and so much more. But they are greedy, unethical, and self-centered. The Compassionate Samurai Business Hour with Kathy Fairbanks finds a way to use the best of both types of leaders to help you create a dynamic roadmap to success. Tune in every Thursday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern, on Voice America Business. Do you need directions to solid financial future? If so, the Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with a roadmap to making smart money decisions in every area of your personal finances. Join Jordan every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 3 p.m. Eastern for the Money Answer Show on the Voice America Business Channel. Learn how and where to get the best deals on mortgages, cars, and insurance. Find out the best ways to save for college and retirement. Get out of debt, improve your credit rating, and save on your taxes. The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with great tips on investment opportunities in real estate, stocks, annuities, and other investment vehicles. That's the Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman on the Voice America Business Channel every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. You are tuned into the Business Elevation Show with your host, Chris Cooper. If you have a question or comment about our show, please direct your emails to chris at chriscooper.co.uk. That's chris at chriscooper.co.uk. Now back to Chris Cooper. So I'm Nikki Owen. I'm talking to Chris Cooper about the power to get things done. And before the break, we were having a really interesting conversation about accountability that we, Chris and I, were actually uh, continuing the discussion about the difference between uh, when somebody holds you accountable um, they uh, sometimes that can feel a bit like pressure instead of it being inspiring and motivating. Go on, tell us a little bit more about that, Chris. I, I think, yeah, I think it's something that we we all naturally need. We need somebody to or, or something that helps us get over the line sometimes and helps us push ourselves. I think when we're we're part of it almost seems like a, a team will go that extra bit further. Uh, and I really realised that that actually the thing that I thought was I wanted to run away from around all of this structure it was actually the thing that was enabling me to perform. So what I've started now to do is look at things like that as being almost, you know, almost your friend. Uh, and therefore, I, I put in place friends and, and, and I actually pay them to hold me to account. Uh, and therefore, what that does is it keeps my mind focused. And I'm thinking, crikey, I've got that meeting with uh, Doug in, a, in three days' time. I've not done what I said I'm going to do. So I'll get on and, and do it. The extra pressure will help. Um, I also, uh, and I think things like that, if you can just say, just see them as friends. And I see, I see lots of difficult situations sometimes as friends. I remember a few years ago, I had to have uh, quite a major operation. I was, uh, I had this acid going up my gullet and I had to have quite a a big surgery, some big surgery. And for 24 hours, I had these tubes put down my throat with a, a probe going into my stomach. And I had to walk around with this box that was tied to my waist, uh, with this, uh, strapping around my nose. It was extremely uncomfortable. And I rang, my wife rang me up and said, how, how are you? Um, from the, from, I'm just coming out of the hospital. And I said to her, I said, um, I've got a new friend. 
<laughs> oh, oh, brilliant. And my new friend was his box. And, and I had a good laugh. And I, and I thought about it for 24 hours as my new friend because it was going to help me, even though it was really uncomfortable. Um, so uh, I, I, I tend to see things as friends. Um, because I always remember, uh, I don't try even Meissner, who wrote the foreword to my book, he, he, um, he said he'd done a big research study on success. And what he identified was successful people. Um, the only difference between them, them and less successful people is that successful people get the things uh, done that less successful people don't like doing. So any strategy that you can find to get you over the line is, is worthwhile. And I really like the, the, the way you perceive something in such a positive way because perceiving people that hold you accountable as friends is great. And uh, I, I do that a bit with negative emotion because I, I believe that you don't actually, ha- there's no such thing as a negative emotion. It's purely there to give you a message. Um, when you receive the message, uh, the emotion will often go. So uh, it, it's funny. It was just really nice and refreshing listening to you, especially uh, the, the, the story of you carrying around this black box thing. <laughs> um, one of the things that came across really strongly uh, for me in the book, another thing, I mean, there were so many, uh, was the importance of having really compelling reasons, a very strong why you're doing what you're doing. C- can you just expand on that a little bit, Chris? Yeah, sure. sure. I mean, I think... I took the time uh, when I was 28. I first started to work on this. I went on a self-development course and was working through my purpose in life. And at the time, what I came out of it was that I was a possibility of inspiration, responsibility, freedom, and fun. And at the time, that I didn't necessarily feel I was doing this that at all. Um, but having that that clarity, I found very helpful. And then I added to it a little bit later, a few years later, that I also choose to be someone who enables others to realize their true potential. Now, having that, uh, that purpose behind me, I know that as long as I'm having a conversation each day with people, I'm generally trying to help them to realize their potential. And I'm, I, I believe being inspiring helps and I take responsibility for things. And, but I like to have freedom. I like to have fun. I can live you know, more on my purpose um, so I think that's really very helpful. But then I think the compelling reasons bit, so that gives me a, some extra energy, but the compelling reasons, it's a bit like the accountability, and that what you do is you create situations so that you've got to act, whether you want to or not. Um, Can you give me an example? Well, I think, yeah, I mean, there was, there's, there's lots of examples in the book of those, and we, we, one of my, I've got a number of favorites. One of them was a gentleman who wanted to make more sales calls. So what he did was he gave his, his PA uh, five $10 bills and said, I'm going to make five calls each day. And at the end of the day, he would sit down with his PA. And for any calls he hadn't made, she'd put a $10 bill through the shredder. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's called away from motivating, isn't it? But that will work. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we had an, another gentleman who wanted to lose some weight. So what he did was he wrote a, a check to a political party he couldn't stand. He gave it to a friend and, and said, if I haven't achieved this weight by the end of October at a weigh-in, then you ought to post that check. And the check was significant in size, so it would have been, he would have been identified as a political donor to a party he couldn't stand. Oh. So you know, that, that's a compelling reason to act. Um, my radio show, um, what I did was by having an agreement with Voice America, I have to produce a weekly radio show. In four and a half years, I've, I've created 188, I think it is, unique shows and, and hours. But I didn't have that compelling reason. I didn't have that contract with Voice America. 
then I wouldn't have produced as many if I had just been podcasting. So that's yeah. another example. Yeah, yeah, thank you. It was interesting because when, when I read about this in your book, I had to think of my admin, what was my compelling reason to actually clear the admin and I realized that actually it was draining my energy. Mm-hmm. And every time I walked into the office, I was thinking about it and I was seeing the bag and the, the, the piles of receipts piling up. And it, it just by crystallizing it, you, you'll be pleased to know I have actually scheduled in some time next week to blitz it. I'm going to have a, an hour's blitz session on it. So, um, yeah, it was good. Uh, there was um, a particularly moving account in the book, um, which, which I felt... Oh, it, it was really incredibly moving for me to read about, which was the account of Stephen Sutton, you know, the 19-year-old boy who died of cancer. And I just wonder if you could tell us in your own words a little bit more about Stephen and what we can all learn from him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's St- Stephen still, I still feel Stephen's there in in many ways. In fact, I've got a picture of him. I'm looking at it right now. And I, Stephen Sutton was 19 years old. He he was uh, dying of cancer, had terminal cancer. He was an extremely, uh, you know, gifted young man. He was somebody who wanted to go into the medical professional um, profession uh, and was doing, you know, very very well uh, for a 19 year old. And he he found out he got this cancer, and he for start what he did is he created a bucket list. Of things that he wanted to go out and do, so he was going. He was crowd surfing at concerts, and yeah. he was jumping out of aeroplanes, and he was doing all sorts of things. And uh, about that, just towards the end of that time, I met him. He, I was uh, a regional president in the speaking association, and Stephen would come come down. You know, even though he was ill, he would come down to the uh, association occasionally, and I got him to speak uh, to the to the group, uh, and. You know, incredibly, what he, what he decided is that actually he wanted to go out and make a difference to the world. Uh, and Stephen, he, um, he he was soon speaking at uh, he was speaking at events like at the O2, which is massive. Uh, he was uh, starting to get to know politicians and and comedians. He was making he was sharing so much about living your life well uh, that he he hit the national headlines. And I, I will always remember I interviewed him just just three days before he put what he thought was his final message on Facebook. He had a few more days left, actually, but he, he put this message out. And some of the things that he came out with were just you know, astonishing for a 19-year-old. Um, remember he said to me, you know, said, I don't see the point in measuring life in terms of time anymore. I'd, I'd, I'd rather measure it in terms of making a difference, you know, make, make every day, day count. He said, my cancer has given me so much motivation, but I've got so little time. But I look around the world and I see so many people with so much time, but so little motivation. I just want to waken them up and uh, uh, and make them realise and uh, make sure that they're making every minute count because it's so precious. Uh, so yeah, he, so he had all of these. He left all this legacy. Eventually, when he did um, pass away, um, within the following weeks, there was quite a social media and global. Uh, frenzy around him, and he raised uh, over six million pounds for the Teenage Cancer Trust. So, what a wonderful legacy! Yeah, and you telling that story, uh, even reading it in the book, uh, is incredibly moving. Uh, that the hairs on my my arms are stood up right now 
because it it, it was such a, a, an unbelievably moving piece. And I remember the first time that I saw you speak, you were actually supposed to be there with Stephen. And he had that week passed away and he was unable to be with you. And I remember watching your keynote and I was thinking, well, I wonder how Chris is going to finish his keynote because he was going to finish with Stephen and there was a, a real curiosity. And and then all of a sudden um, you, you picked up a, a guitar <laughs> and you, you suddenly started rocking the whole place. We're talking about a professional speaking association meeting and it was unbelievable, Chris. There you were performing like a rock god and you completely brought the house down. And I just wondered, it takes real guts to do this. And I know that it was your childhood dream. So what took you from having this dream as a little boy to having the guts to stand there and just do that? <clears throat> well, it, it, <laughs> it, it was... Well, what actually happened was I, I've always I played the guitar for many years. Uh, I started when I was about 16, and I, and I loved rock concerts and rock music and classic rock and bands and whatever, but I never really had the confidence to get out and actually play my guitar in public. I think I'd been one band at college, and we played a one particular. We played a gig once, but I'd, I'd not really done that. And then I, I actually played... It was somebody who was leaving. I think this is an example of accountability because there was a, a president who I was taking over from in from her region and she told me she loved smoke on the water by deep purple and, <laughs> and i was just about what can we do to, to to you know make this a bit different and there happened to be somebody who was a great singer and she actually been on a tv talent show and so i said to her this is a crazy idea but i could bring my guitar on my amp and we could do smoke on the water perhaps and we could bespoke the lyrics for leslie and maybe you could sort of sing and then get everybody going but I'm a bit scared about this because I don't tend to play my guitar in public. So she's like, oh, suddenly it took a life of its own. She got very excited about it. Other people got excited about it. And, and, I, and I did this. And I took my, my amplifier, I took my guitar. And of course, I can play these things now quite, pretty much note for note. So I start playing my guitar and she's singing and everyone else is singing. And the next thing I know, there's people on the chairs. They're screaming. <laughs> and they didn't expect you know, a guy in a suit uh, to be there playing Richie Blackmore's Smoking all stuff. So then the next thing happened is the following morning I got said, could you come and speak up in uh, Teesside? I got an email and said, oh, yeah, fine. But, but by the way, we, 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 you're only allowed to speak if you bring your guitar. <laughs> um, so what, what I thought after that, so I went and did that one in Teesside and I played them some ACDC, I think. And, and um, I was thinking for London, you know, I was very sad about what happened to, to, so sad about what happened to Stephen and so inspired by him. And I remember he did these bucket list things and I thought, what would be, what would be a, a suitable way to kind of commemorate this and do something memorable? And I thought, what's the hardest guitar tune that I know? The one that's the most stretching, and I can only think of um, Van Halen's Eruption. So I put a, put Stephen up on the on the big screen, and I, I pulled my guitar out and set it up, and and I played that. And, and at the end of this session, I only got one complaint um, on social media. <laughs> Well, I remember tweeting that picture and uh, being blown away because it felt like an ultimate tribute to Stephen. And it also really brought home to me that you are a man that has the ability to really make things happen. And you do do uh, your dreams. I don't know if that's correct, you know, language, but you, you are able to get it happen. 
are there any final messages as as we 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 can kind of conclude this interview any any messages you really like the listener to take away with them well there's i would say to people that just to get really clear about your intentions um ideally you also know you focus on what your purpose is and your vision where you're heading to but get very clear on your intentions and then develop some manual strategies that work for you that enable you to get things done and the book we, we did we only vaguely just touched on the strategies there is lots in the book i mean jack canfield said there's tons of them um in his uh, quote on the back cover but i would uh, recommend that you know, to pick up the book and uh, identify which strategies might work for you and each time you set an intention that's really important also make sure you've you've set the um a, a follow-through strategy to make sure you get it done whether you feel like it or not and that might involve other people uh, doing some things because you don't have to do everything yourself Ah, fantastic. Uh, And for me personally, the measure of a great book is whether or not it inspires me to actually make changes in my own life. And after reading The Power to Get Things Done, I I actually realized that I'd invested an awful lot of money attending the HR Summit in Berlin. I don't know if you're, you're aware of it, Chris. And I did that in the middle of the October, but I still hadn't followed through on any calls or emails or anything to many of the people that I'd met and using the strategies from your book so I got somebody to hold me accountable and I committed to certain action I actually did this follow-up and I got the follow-through glow by the way (laughs) in your it was a lovely feeling and I immediately landed two pieces of immediate business so for me it was like wow this stuff actually works So it's a great book. I highly recommend reading it because just reading it changes your mindset. Chris, when and where is it available? Oh, thank thank you, Nikki. That was so really, really kind of you. It's available available now and it's available on on Amazon, bn.com, iBookstore, the Penguin site. So you should be able to access it online very easily. And I imagine it's probably going to be in a few uh, bookstores uh, in different places around the world as well. Um, So, but Nikki, I want to say a big thank you. I you know, I realise that uh, uh, you're more used to being interviewed than being the interviewee, but you, you were tremendous. And uh, I just want to say a big thank you. I also wanted to take the opportunity as well just to, to mention, if people want to check you out, um, go to www.nickyjowen.com. And uh, Nikki's also got a great book. It's called Charismatic to the Core. And uh, Nikki, where's that available from? It's available on Amazon and from my own website as well. Wonderful. Well, uh, thanks very much, uh, Nikki. So appreciate that. And thanks to everybody who's uh, taken the time to listen. And, and if you really love this show, please do share it with your friends. We thank you for listening to the Business Elevation Show. Please join your host, Chris Cooper, again next Friday at 8 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Be more. Achieve more. again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the voice america business channel for more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest please visit voiceamericabusiness.com
The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 